This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. I am so excited for this podcast episode for many reasons. One, of course, I'm excited about the topic, being good at marriage, but I'm equally excited about how I even arrived at this as a topic that I wanted to share with you. So this week, live now, when you're listening to this podcast, I have officially opened the wait list for the marriage upgrade. And as I thought about the experience I want my incoming clients to have, I wanted it to be amazing. I wanted it to be incredible. And I wanted to give you as many resources and tools that I could now to set you up for the greatest success inside the program itself. And I've created a resource page, which after I was done with it, I was like, this is an entire program in and of itself. I literally have poured so much into the content there that I'm like blown away by it myself. I kept texting a really good friend of mine as I was coming up with ideas and completing different parts of it. I was like, this is so good. I'm so excited for people to have this. And this whole idea of creating this research page slash program slash website came from an experience I actually had with a mentor of mine who has just an incredible library of trainings, videos, meditations, prayers, things like that, that really helped me, one, achieve some of the results that I wanted to achieve by her mentorship, but also it all just really let me know that she was the coach for me and I wanted to be a part of her program. And so I thought about that experience that I had and how positive it was for me and how even if I didn't sign up for her program, I would have gotten so much out of her free content all located in one place that I wanted to gift that to you as well. And as I was putting the pieces together and when everything all came together and I could look at what was there for you, it got me thinking about who are the people that are going to benefit the most from this resource page, from just the experience of being on the wait list for the marriage upgrade. And it got me thinking about people who are good students. And I thought about myself and I thought about 
how much of a good student I am and have been really my entire life. I was one of those kids that studied (laughs) hard. I am one of those kids that like had processes for how I studied, right? I had the flashcards. I had like the plans. I had all the things of how to be a good student as an academic student. Um, I think about this from high school, through college, through my master's, through my doctorate, that I really pride myself in many ways on being a good student. And that is translated to adulthood. And it's translated to how I show up even in my current educational and professional investments as a coach. I am a good student because being a good student matters to me, but more than that, getting the result of whatever I'm investing in matters to me. And so taking all that together, thinking about this resource page, thinking about the people who are going to get the most out of it, then led me to thinking about the similarities between being a good student, both academically and professionally, and being good at marriage. Because many of the traits, many of the concepts overlap. And so when I think about being a good student, and many of my listeners are, most of my listeners are very high achieving people who've gone through lots of schooling, whether that's medical school or law school or graduate school or other certifications, right? They are good students. They know how to study. They know how to learn something and then apply it or demonstrate their mastery of it. And I think that being a good student can also set you up to being really, really good at marriage, but it does require that you have the right mindset, right? Like it's not an automatic thing just because you're a good student or just because you're very successful professionally doesn't mean that it's always going to translate to being good at marriage. And many times for some of us, our sort of ambition and ability to excel professionally doesn't translate to success in marriage, right? It's not the same, you know, sort of skill set, but it is the same mindset. And that's really what I want to talk with you about today. So the mindset is really a growth mindset, Right. And so there's this beautiful book about fixed mindset versus growth mindsets. I want to say the author's last um, name is Carol Dwick. I can never know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but um, she talks about this concept. And a fixed mindset is where you sort of think that like your skills and abilities are fixed, it's just given to you at birth and you get what you get, and that's the end of it. Whereas a growth mindset is really focused on evolving and like the term says, growing. And so I think that being a good student academically, professionally can set you up to be a good student and marriage when you have the growth mindset, when you realize that your skills and abilities or wherever you are in your marriage right now is not fixed 
and that they're actually 100% within your control and really just determined by your commitment and your persistence to keep doing the work. And so I often talk about being good at marriage, being being good at developing skills, being good at growing your mind, being good at adopting new perspectives that you might not normally adopt. All right. And so as I thought about what I wanted to share with you today about being good at marriage, there are three things that popped up. Um, and so let's talk about them. Let's talk about those three things. Number one is setting the bar high for yourself. When you think about being a good student, right? Like you have a goal and a standard you want to meet. And I think the same is required to be good at marriage. You have to, one, know what you want. You have to have some level of standard, right? And you have to really internally set that bar for yourself, right? There's a lot of external conversation, noise, pressure, for lack of a better word, of what a marriage should be. Like, what's the standard? You hear the hashtags, relationship goals, marriage goals. But quite frankly, only you can set that for yourself, right? Just like you could be in a, you know, entry-level class, your freshman year of college, and there's like 500 kids in the class, everyone has a different standard for themselves. Some kids are not going to be happy unless they get an A. Some are happy to get a C. And so you have to decide for yourself, what is your bar? What does the kind of marriage that you can be proud of look like? What is the standard that you have set for yourself, right? You have to really, really identify that and think that through for yourself. And a lot of times, even though I work with couples, I think we have to come to these types of conversations first asking ourselves that question, like, what is my personal standard? What is my personal best? What is my personal, like, benchmark for what a good marriage is for me. So that's the first thing. And you want to set it high. I mean, I've created a program called the Marriage Upgrade. This is an environment where we're not doing basic, right? We are doing marriage at the highest level possible because we want to be our highest level possible. Okay. So that's number one, set the bar high. Number two is you have to make an intentional plan, right? Like you set the bar, you have your goal, but how are you actually going to get there? And I think the mistake that so many people make when it comes to marriage is they think it's just going to get there itself. That, oh, we'll get back in line with each other when the kids are older or when work settles down or when things settle down right? They're looking for external circumstances to change and to be the magic bullet that makes things better. But that's not how it works. 
anything you are good at, anything you are successful at, anything that reaches your level of excellence, you have to have a plan. You have to have some pathway before you, some set of steps to walk through to achieve it. And so when I think about the work that we do inside the marriage upgrade, when I think about just what needs to happen for any couple to be able to get along and thrive, that plan must include three things. It must include a plan for managing conflict because you're going to have conflict. There's no couple, there's no marriage where there's not conflict, where there's not disagreements, where there's not differing perspectives or different ways of being and operating in the world. And so you have to have a plan for that. Like, what are we going to do when we don't agree? What are we going to do when what you do, I don't like it, right? So you want to have a plan for managing conflict. You also want to have a plan for navigating your own emotions. Because any argument, any tension, any disconnection that is created in your marriage is created because one or both of you is having a problem managing an emotion. That emotion may be anger, it may be frustration, it may be disappointment, it may be loneliness, sadness, rejection, fear, anxiety. Lots of emotions that come up in your marriage. And so you have to have a plan for how you navigate that. Because the way that most couples try to navigate difficult emotions is by complaining, blaming, shutting down, or withdrawing. And that never creates what you want. So you have to have a plan for navigating your emotions. And then the third thing that you need a plan for is how to grow, right? Your marriage is a living, breathing, evolving thing. And in order for it to stay current with where you're headed and where you want to be, you have to be growing. It's not going to grow and then drag you along, right? You have to grow first and then bring it along, elevate it. And I think part of any adult growth path has to include looking at your childhood, understanding the role your childhood played, and healing from some of those childhood wounds, childhood traumas, or unmet needs. There is no way, no matter how wonderful your family was or how awful your family was, that you didn't have experiences and moments that fundamentally altered how you see yourself, right? Like we come into this world, perfect, loving human beings, right? We're created in the image of God. And so anytime we're having a struggle in a relationship, the root of that is from childhood, from some conversation, from some experience, from some moment that changed you from being this loving, forgiving, confident, just amazing spiritual being, right? To 
resentful, bitter, angry, frustrated person that's now having a hard time in your marriage, right? So you have to have looking at your childhood, growing from those experiences as part of your growth plan in this umbrella of having an intentional plan for how to create the marriage that you want. And then the last thing in order to be good at marriage and being a good student is you have to see obstacles as learning opportunities. I think a lot of times people see some of the challenges in their marriage as reasons to leave. I've been talking with a lot of my clients about how much they're recognizing their fight or flight response, that if something goes wrong, like their inclination is to just get out, to be like, I'm done. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And when we work through it, right, they see how these challenges and these obstacles are actually learning opportunities. And I like to think about the way to sort of squeeze all the good juice out of those learning opportunities is to first analyze what got in the way. So if you have an argument or you have a miscommunication or you have some type of connection breakdown, you want to ask yourself, what got in the way here? What got in the way for me? What got in the way of my for my partner? What prevented us from resolving this or moving through this in a more productive and healthy way. You have to also be willing and be very aware of your own self-sabotaging tendencies. I'm reading a book right now. It's so good. It's called The Mountain Is You. It's by Brianna West. And it's all about self-sabotage. And the fundamental takeaway message I've gotten so far is that when we are self-sabotaged, and that just means like you want something, but like you are doing the things that are preventing you from having it, right? Self-sabotage comes from when there is an underlying emotional need being met by the self-sabotaging behaviors. So if you come to me and you say like, I really want to spend more time with my spouse and I want us to argue less. Yet, week after week, when we check in, you've had an argument or you've been scrolling on your phone for hours while they're sitting there waiting to spend some time with you, right? Those behaviors would be the self-sabotaging behaviors. And so looking at that at a deep, deep level is understanding, okay, well, if you want to be spending more time together, why are you scrolling on your phone? What is that behavior over there giving you? that is the priority over this thing that you say you want, okay? So you really want to understand the ways you may be self-sabotaging and what is going on underneath that for you. That is going to provide a tremendous learning opportunity whenever you're encountering those, um, encountering those obstacles keeping you from what you want. And then you also have to be massively committed to making different choices. This is not easy, but you have to really look at what is it that I want and what are the choices and decisions that are going to get me there? And I want to just offer that I've been finding, even for myself and some of my own personal goals right now, this is sometimes the hardest part 
is to not take the action that feels like the right action, right? I remember once a colleague of mine said, like, the way you grow is you do the opposite of what feels like the right thing to do. So if you want to argue or you want to prove your point, the right answer is to say nothing, right? At least until you can get yourself more calm. So you have to be willing to make the choices that are going to create what you want. And that many times is the choice that feels unfamiliar and uncomfortable. Because in order to create something new in your life, in your marriage, in yourself, you have to make different choices, right? So that's what I have for you today. That's how to be good at marriage. It's just like being a great student. You have to set the bar high. You have to have an intentional plan and you have to see any obstacles as a learning opportunity. All right. I hope that this has been helpful to you. I want to really extend like my most heartfelt and my most passionate invitation to you to, of course, a thousand percent join the marriage upgrade. We will be having our in-person retreat and kicking out, kicking off our fall 2023 cohort in September. Enrollment will be opening soon. But when you get on the wait list, which is open now, you get an opportunity for pre-enrollment. That pre-enrollment gets you first access into the program before it sells out and also four bonus private coaching calls with me. This is your private time with me. And those calls, you can get started on them right away. So as soon as you enroll, you get to do that. The only way to enroll now is by being on that wait list. And so you want to go to my website, drshavon.com click the marriage upgrade. You will see the first thing there, join the wait list. When you join the wait list, this is where it gets even better. When you join the wait list, you get access to that resource page that I mentioned at the beginning. That resource page includes three masterclasses. It includes three conversation and communication guides, and it includes seven marriage challenges. I wanted these resources to be dynamic because I know that people learn in different ways and people engage in self-development content in different ways. Some of you love to watch a video. You, lo- you will love the masterclasses. Some of you love to read you will love the guides. And some of you love to do, you just want to get into action. You will love the marriage challenges. So again, this is my heartfelt and passionate invitation for you because I don't want you to miss out. I really don't want you to miss out on being able to join the program and being able to access the resources that I have literally hand-selected curated because I know they are going to help you so, so much. And that is my heart's desire 
through all of this. I want you to thrive in your marriage. I want your marriage to be the highlight of your life. The Marriage Upgrade is the program that will help you do that. And it starts as soon as you sign up for the waitlist because I want to put in your hands resources to help you get started now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I will be back with you next week for another episode. Again, go to my website, drshavon.com, click that tab, the marriage upgrade, get on the wait list right now. I'll see you inside. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.